It's Monday the 1st of March 2021. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined this week by Joanna Marcin... Marcinkowska, sorry, Project Manager with the Ministry of Social Affairs, working on the new in Iceland Information Centre. Welcome to you. Thank you. Hello. Now, the very earth beneath our feet here in southwest Iceland has been reminding us regularly this last week um, that the top story has been the earthquakes. Um, And in fact, it's done that more than a thousand times just since midnight, including a 4.9 magnitude quake at around 1.30 this morning. In other news, the complicated and extensive police investigation into the murder on Rødegerði on the 13th of February has brought gun ownership and organised crime into the public spotlight like never before. Domestic Covid-19 restrictions relaxed again over the past week as fines started for people entering Iceland without a negative test certificate. And yesterday marked exactly one year since the virus first reached Iceland, or at least since it was first recorded here. And in other news, Iceland Air safely landed a Boeing 767 passenger jet in Antarctica for the first time, becoming only the second airline to do so, the first one being an Iceland Air subsidiary. And a new virtual reality courtroom aims to make legal proceedings a little less stressful for the victims of sexual abuse. So there's plenty to talk about today, um, but before we do start on the news, uh, another very well-received item on Ruv English recently was about the new in Iceland service. Um, So maybe it's good to start with that. First of all, what is new in Iceland? New in Iceland is the information centre for migrants. And uh, it is is a project, uh, as you said, by the Ministry of uh, Social Affairs. And we started the project thinking out of the uh, our aim group, which are the migrants. So uh, we, uh, I especially was concentrating on being able to give as much service as possible in as much as many languages as possible. Uh, so our communication language in the office is English, for example. Uh, so here, uh, migrants, although we, we are called new in Iceland, and this was also the idea coming out of the many foreign projects, it's a well, well-known uh, like a point, starting point for the migrants to come and get information. Uh, so although you might be not new in Iceland, you also can come and, and uh, look for information with us. Uh, and what we want to do, we want to empower the migrants to be able to actually take active part in the Icelandic society on their own. So we are always trying to encourage them to do the things on their own with our maybe instructions and and follow-ups. Mm-hmm. And do you offer help on, on almost any subject or is it the specific areas that you concentrate on? Of course, we concentrate mostly on the government services. So although we are getting the questions maybe about the private uh, market or, or, or things which are provided by the private companies, we can just answer generally without maybe pointing on the, on the specific institutions. But we are concentrating on institutions working in Iceland, yes. How did the project start and, and, and why now? Because obviously there's been immigrants here for decades. Um, so why now? So this was the parliamentary uh, resolution, uh, which was passed uh, or proposed in 2000 and passed in 2019 by the uh, Kolben Prohpe, the parliamentarian of the 
Green uh, Left Party uh, with the proposition of starting project like this uh, with the idea of the first stop shop. And it was passed through and there took some time to, to, to start it and to prepare it. Uh, but mostly the finances for this project coming of the COVID actions, actually. Mm -hmm. But And we are the, the pilot project for nine months, but of course hoping that it is going to be uh, forever. And what are your indications so far? How well has it been received? Uh, have you got plenty to do? Yes, it's a lot, a lot to do. It has been uh, now for this. It is our third week, starting our third weeks. We are having uh, over 260 uh, questions or people coming to us. Some of them are, of course, more complex cases. Some are, uh, questions are just easy to answer and point on the right direction. So we are very glad that it is. We got really positive receive actually from, from everybody, both from the migrants and also from other institutions which we are cooperating with. Mm -hmm. um, what sort of tone are these inquiries getting? Is it people that are in a lot of difficulties that are quite perhaps angry or upset or is it mostly people that are at the, at the beginning of their queries and, and you're helping them early on? It is actually both. Uh, there are people which are just having just heard about something and wanted to have a confirmation, is it right? And then there are people who are having really complex problems. Uh, and it actually takes some time to actually uh, find actually out what is the main problem in these cases. Uh, most of them are having questions about, because we are doing the statistics, about the um, legal residence in Iceland, so it is both something which concerns Thjorskrau uh, and the uh, Directorate of Migration. Uh, and the second biggest group is the people who are having some questions about the labor market in Iceland. It is both about the, the unemployment people and, and some questions regarding uh, uh, the work of the unions. Mm -hmm. And what is your, I mean, both personally, but also as an office, as a team here, what is your expertise based on? Where are you from? What do you, you know, yeah. what... what yeah, how, how do you help? <laughs> uh, well, I myself uh, am myself migrant and everybody working in the office are immigrants. Uh, I had been working in the Human Rights and Democracy Office in Reykjavik for the last eight years and has been actually like, uh, on a, I'm on a loan from the city to the ministry to start this project. And I had been working myself as a councillor migrant councillor for this city like for four years mm -hmm. so it is kind of like my uh, big point of my interest I would say. So it's kind of formalizing and centralizing your career you know everything all your expertise are coming together in this one place to help people in a centralized in a manner is, is, is that fair? Yeah actually yes I would say so yes it was it was something which we knew is very necessary to do after our work in the city and being able to offer this service for actually all of the migrants in Iceland because we are serving the whole Iceland it's just like a dream come true you can say mm. um I'm sure lots of people listening have got questions that you could help them with how can they ask them uh they, uh, we are using our website as a main, uh, like a point of communication. So the website is called uh, newiniceland.is 
and you can call us. The phone number is 4567555. And uh, you can send us an email info at newandiceland.is uh, or uh, use the communication form on the website. We also have a web chat uh, on, also on the web, website. So just don't hesitate and have a contact with us. We speak eight languages. Uh, Lithuanian, Russian, Polish, Spanish, Arabic, uh, uh, Portuguese, uh, I miss something now. English? English and Icelandic, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, anything else to add or should we move on? Um, yeah, I think it is, yeah. I think it's good. Okay. Um, plenty to talk about in the news this week. Um, Maybe you've been interacting with people who are, have concerns about the earthquakes so far. Actually, not yet. Mm. We, there haven't been a, any questions about it, but we noticed on the social media that people are very concerned about. Because actually, you know, I have been living here for over 16 years and it is the first time that I'm starting to be a bit feeling uncomfortable about it. So mm. I can understand that people who are, uh, haven't experienced it before, it's it's quite... It's quite something. Mm. Some are very happy about it, though. You know, have been waiting for a long time. Yes, it is on my bucket list to experience the earthquake. So I can imagine there are different reactions mm. <laughs> on this is what is going on here. I remember the first time I experienced one. It was as big as these these ones we've been having now. But there was only one. This was quite a few years ago, and that was enough then. Yeah. Uh, but now we're getting them multiple times a day. Um, it's mm -hmm. it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I remember my first one too. It was, I think, 2007. And I remember yeah. I was alone at home. And at first I didn't, I, it was quite, it was quite long because I remember I had many thoughts going through my mind. Uh, so it took, it was quite long. And then I was living in Hapnafjörður, so maybe I was experiencing it very strong then. Uh, and I was considering what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to hide under the table or maybe leave the, the house? Now I live in a wooden house in a, on one floor, so I don't really feel, I didn't feel it as much pro over the weekend as, as, my, as, as we felt it here on Wednesday mm -hmm. in the office because where we are downtown and we are on a, on a, on a second floor. So, so uh, I wasn't that aware of it. But then I woke up tonight, for example, at you know, half past one mm -hmm. in the night when it was the, the strong one. Mm. Like you say, it's understandable that people that haven't experienced it um, are worried. Um, but of course, people that have experienced it too, people that have lived here their whole life, they're, they're a bit worried too. Um, but the experts are saying there's no real reason to be overly concerned. We should take things off shelves, maybe move pictures or even take down an expensive flat screen TV, that sort of thing. But the houses are going to be safe. That's that's the, the main message we're getting, isn't it? Yeah, this is this is what what it is said in the media to that the Icelandic houses are built according to regulation that they should withstand this earthquake or this the the at the power they are. Mm. So my my way is like uh, I learned the hard way to not to be worried about the things we are not having influence on, and this is one of the stuff we are not having influence on. Mm. So I think to be worried ahead is is maybe not completely necessary but of course you know 
to that tonight, for example, when I woke up with a haircut, I did got a small shock. I was a bit, you know, afraid, but yeah, just we have to stay calm and, and see what will happen. You know, I think this is the only thing we can do. Mm. And especially now, because we're, we're the latest we're hearing is that we're probably in the middle of the earthquake swarm now. So there's days left um, and, and no indication that it's going to get any any less strong. In fact, it could end with a, a 6.5, which would be a lot bigger than we've had. Mm -hmm. um, but then we've seen in the news this morning that they're saying even a 6.5 wouldn't probably cause much damage. So, you know. So, you know, yeah. So I, I think it is right like it is done. It is, of course, we have to keep calm and don't maybe over overreact. But of course, also be ready if something more major will, will happen. Mm. So we can just wait. Like a like a volcanic eruption, um, which geographic in geological terms is going to happen soon, but that could be a thousand years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you never know. This is the thing. You know, this is the problem. And I experienced the Fimforuhals and Eyjafjallajökull, so it was of course a very interesting experience. And I was almost uh, stuck in London because I was on the way when they were considering whether we should close or not. So. So I do understand that well, maybe now it is not such a problem because not many people are traveling anyway because of COVID. So maybe it will be less trouble. But anyway, yeah, we will just see. Yeah. And I believe uh, volcanic eruptions on the Reykjanes Peninsula tend to be more sort of Hawaiian style, sort yeah. of flowing lava and, and not explosive ash clouds. So it might have less impact. Wait and see. Yeah, exactly. We'll see. And yeah, this... Uh, floating lava it is really quite an experience to see so not that we are maybe should look forward to it but you know yeah. and and to be clear there's no evidence of lava building up or anything that there isn't a volcanic eruption starting we, at this time no exactly exactly there's no the scientists are not confirming any 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 movements there so so yeah so the ground's shaking that's kind of the headline. There isn't an enormous amount to say. What would, what would you say to people who are worried over the next week or two? What would I say? Oh, that's quite a. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, just stay calm and you know follow the news and stay safe. I think that's right. Yeah. And don't have a bookshelf above your bed. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, let's go on to a different topic. What would you like to go on to next? Uh, there was the things about COVID. There was the airplane. The yeah, it would be very weird to not talk about COVID at all for one week, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but actually, a very significant week because yesterday was precisely one year since the first case was recorded. Does that seem like a long time ago to you, or does it seem like yesterday? No, it is very, very long time ago. I think it has been that this year has been it has been much longer than twelve months. I think. Yeah. And what were your thoughts back then, and looking back on it now, what you know? I, I don't think it's went. I don't think the pandemic has progressed as any of us were expecting it to. But then we didn't know what to expect, did we? No, exactly. I remember I was having a, a, a Easter trip planned and we were already almost getting ready and planning what we we're going to do. We were going to do to the, go to the States 
and then I, I'm not sure what I was expecting actually, but I didn't think it ha will have so much impact on our lives like it has. So, and then on the other side, we maybe did the things we would we wouldn't be doing, like traveling uh, around Iceland. We probably would not take a time. We would mm. probably concentrate on traveling abroad and traveling to the home country. So. Yeah, it is like pluses and minuses, I think. Yeah. And also this week, um, the domestic restrictions were relaxed a little bit more. Um, the limit met up to 50 people. Uh, bars and restaurants able to stay up until 11 instead of 10. Um, what else was it? Swimming pools and gyms could have up to 70%, 75% of their full capacity. Um, opened, yeah. There, there can be uh, audience on the sports events, so, yeah. yeah. And more people in, in galleries and theatres as well, I think. Yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. Has it affected you personally so far in a positive way? Uh, I went to the movies for the first time since forever. And yeah, I went to the theatre. It is quite an interesting experience, though, to be with a mask on. Mm. Uh, I, I find, found this uncomfortable, but, you know, it's nothing that you can can do and then it is very hard to get a table at the restaurant i think it's really fully booked most of the time so we have to plan it with more advance than used to yeah. well that's the thing i mean the the bars and restaurants doesn't always matter if they can have 20 people or 50 people inside it's all about how, keeping the two meter gap isn't it and mm. they're not enormous places usually no exactly so most of them are quite small so yeah it mm. probably is a challenge too uh, then on the other side, it is maybe well planned and better used. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, personally, I could get used to this ta table service thing. Uh, it's quite nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And also, you know, space in between. Sometimes the small places, there are too many uh, around. So it is kind of a better feeling. Mm -hmm. More private, I would say, yeah. It does seem that certain establishments are doing better than others. Anecdotally speaking, I've seen at least one place where... It looked almost like two years ago. And you're like, well, what are they doing? And other places where they're taking it extremely seriously, as they should do. The police, though, seem to be generally happy overall, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. They are controlling well, and seems to be that most of the places are are following the the orders. So it's very good, I think. Yeah. And the situation hasn't changed in the last week or two. The the, the number of cases in the country is is very very low. Um, in fact, I noticed yesterday it's lower than at any time. Like even in the middle of June, it was 0.4. I think was the the the, the active infection rate, and now it's 0.2, which is great news. Um, and of course, the threat being the border, um, and and that's changed as well. There's the tougher regulations there. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it is though understandable actions, and I think it is also uh, well thought of to be well prepared for the summer. So if we are to maybe skip the second scan, then we have to be for sure, uh, sure, for sure, sure, mm. <laughs> that the PCR test and the first, first test is, is working. So I think it's very good. And, you know, then it makes us safe. It makes us be able to live normal lives again. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, Thorolf Gunnarsson, he has mentioned that maybe maybe the data would support them allowing to, to, to skip the second test. Um, would that include skipping the quarantine period as well? I suppose it would. I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. So then it is more 
and possibility to have it open for tourism and, and wake up the tourist industry. So we we should just hope that it will work as they are thinking of it. And also, hopefully, the the, the progression of the vaccinations um, will, at some point this year at least, make that a moot point anyway. Um, the Janssen vaccine, which is the one that Iceland has got the most ordered of, has been approved um, and, and will, will start to be used in Europe generally, including Iceland, at the start of April. Seems like a long gap, though, doesn't it? They've approved it. Why, why wait a month? I don't know. No, no idea. No idea. No. Yeah, but, you know, I think it is generally everybody just looking forward to get the vaccination and and uh, have it overall. I was looking, for example, at the data from abroad, and it is not as positive, uh, how to say it, positive reaction on the, on the vaccines. Not everybody wants to uh, get the injection. Mm. And it is surprisingly, or I don't know surprisingly, but many young people are thinking of not uh, uh, this is not necessarily to get it. So I think this is a bit different here in Iceland. It is mostly people just want to want to get it and get over with it, hopefully. Yeah. Have you noticed any difference among the immigrant community? Are there perhaps fewer people that are new in Iceland that want the jab than, than people that were born here, or is that have you not noticed any difference? Well, we we did get some questions about the vaccine, this vaccination calendar, or what it's called. The people are thinking, I'm this old, and when is my my turn? So, this is very well done on COVID.is. I know that they were uh, uh, like you know renewing the information, you know, putting a new. It always takes two three days to get the newest data there mm. translated. But uh, it is very clever how it is done. So it's more like mostly clear where you should expect the the invitation or or be able to to register for the vaccination. Yeah. And your impression is that people in in our community in the New Icelanders community are as up for it as everybody else. Um, I don't have any official data. I had been seeing some. Uh, Conversations on Facebook groups that people which are not, which just not considering COVID at all, but it is just, I, I don't, can't say how many, is it more or less of Icelanders or, or not, so it's hard for me to to give you any specific information, but so maybe it's the same among the Icelanders, but yeah. If anything, we've got more at stake because the ability to travel and you know families and friends overseas it's it's a big deal exactly exactly so yeah this is what we want to so. <laughs> well long may that continue um and long may the pandemic not continue uh it's been one year and one day <laughs> uh at least i mean that was when it was detected and i was actually in denmark at the time on holiday okay. that seems like a you know a millennia ago yeah. you know? <laughs> Um, okay, maybe we should move on to something else. There was the yeah the gun control thing, uh, the, the murder, and the question of organised crime, or there was the virtual reality courtroom, or the Antarctica flight. Uh, maybe about the crime. <laughs> uh, well, um, it is kind of always something happening which is directed. Uh, like uh, straight into the immigrant community. 
and it has, of course, a negative influence on the topic of migration because there are always raised up some voices which are saying we should not let any people let in, it is or their fault, and then it is somehow uh, very like I'm not sure straightforward prejudice against all of the migrants just because maybe there is some specific group of people who are actually breaking the law. Mm -hmm. So I find it always a bit disturbing and of course it is worrying because Iceland is, uh, you know, considered a very safe society to live. And uh, it always of course worries me because then a specific nationality is getting pointed out and this was had been done well I think in the news now that they were no specifically talking about you know nationalities or like you know it was not like so obvious like sometimes it is done mm. uh, and we actually experienced it here in the office one of the uh, people from my team got like connected to this case just because of the nationality uh, so you know it is of course worrying it is worrying because you want to live in a safe society and then the others think for us as migrants is always that we are going to be pointed out mm -hmm. and i don't know find guilty just because we are not icelandic absolutely and in this case perhaps the initial news made people think that way perhaps it did since then, of course, it's come to light that it's quite a wide and, and complicated case involving people that do live here and do not here, mm -hmm. um, people that were recently arrived in the country and who had lived here for years, at least one Icelander as well. So it's it's, 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 it's not a simple question. No, exactly. It, is, it seems to be very, very complex case and many groups involved. And uh, in my opinion, uh, nothing would ever be happening like this if there wouldn't be some cooperation with the groups here in Iceland. So it has to be something, some involvement here and there, but without maybe pointing anything out exactly. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a big thing, I think, and it is one of the first cases like this that it is so like kind of a execution like first time in Iceland, I think, at least. So yeah, it is, you know, troubling. Mm. And the 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 main suspect is of the same nationality as the victim. We know that much. Um, but as you say, the the, the other people, there's seven at least seven people that are still in custody, and they're they're all from different countries. Yeah, exactly. So there is some cooperation going on, which we are not aware of. And um, well, I find it very it is it is very good that the police is reacting right away, and the ministry uh, minister of justice was calling on this uh, group to, to to research it better. And the same concerning the, the gun laws, I think it, it always should always be reviewed and uh, adjusted to the to the present times. But tend to be that some laws are a bit uh, like not updated yeah. as they should be. So there's f roughly 4,000 handguns legally held in Iceland. Um, seven guns were stolen last year, not all handguns. And apparently it's usually 15, so last year was a good year for the theft. Um, um, but of course that's seven too many. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You don't know where it lands and how it's going to be used. So uh, it should be, you know, if the, the gun uh, uh, 
if you are, you know, the person who is owning the gun, then of course it should be responsible and with the with the taking care of all of the security and yeah, mm. stuff like this. And of course, in in the case of this particular shooting, we don't know where that gun came from. It could have been brought in from outside. Obviously, that shouldn't be possible, but clearly it is. Mm -hmm, exactly. So yeah, it's not much we know about it, and maybe it is better like this almost. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a scary thought, um, and yeah, something hopefully that doesn't happen again. But it's been connected almost immediately to organised crime, to to gang activity. Um, but they haven't been more specific on that. Can we can we assume it's drugs? Um, that seems uh, most likely, I guess. Uh, yeah, drugs and probably some money involved here. You know, I mean, most of these cases, I think, is connected with some some. Some money, big money somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously they are making some money in Iceland, otherwise they wouldn't be here. So it's not, you know, problems don't create themselves. No, exactly, exactly. So yeah. So there must be, of course, some, you know, I don't know, it is more ground somewhere else than here. And maybe because it is not considered a country uh, where their organized groups are, so maybe it is easier for them to come in. Because, for example, the, it is not yet well known, so it is probably up to time to to look into it better and and mm. adjust the law according to the the present times. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think we're out of time. Okay. Well, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, half an hour. It's, yeah. it's gone. We're in twenty nine forty two. Okay. <laughs> um, However, The Week in Iceland will be back next Monday, the 8th of March on roof.as forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook through the Roof app and your favourite podcast platform. Huge thanks to my guest today, Joanna Marcinkowska, and also to Lydia Gretasdottir for running the technical side of things. We finish today with Gegnum Taurin by Reimur. Bye for now. Finna hamingjuna Sem er einhver staðar Og þó við finnum og að leið Gegnum tárin veistu að Hún er þér alltaf hjá Sama hvernig fyrr Hún er alltaf fyrr Þú treysta skalt á ná Svo farðu að finna ná Farðu að finna ná Hamingjuna Hamingjuna Gat hann ekki geið Skaldu ryðjana Í okkar dýfstu neið Reynda nótana Og þó við finnum okkar leið Gegnum tárin veistu að Hún er þér alltaf fjá Sama hvernig fer Hún er alltaf fjér Þú treysta skalt að ná Svo farðu að finna ná Oh,
Oh, Fardo Fintana. Oh, Fardo Fintana. 